This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to another episode of The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, along with Archbishop Alexander Sample. And as we come together, it's a beautiful time as we enter the month of April to recognize Archbishop Sample. You have been with us in Oregon for 10 years. Blessed Mm. anniversary. (laughs) Um, I thought we'd celebrate a little bit. We'll look back, look forward, and just celebrate your 10 years being our, our spiritual father and recognize some of the moves of the Holy Spirit in your priesthood. I'm not sure everybody wants to celebrate this, but... (laughs) Well, I do. (laughs) So as we get started, really looking at God's call in your life and how it's touched all Mm -hmm. of us listening, would you please lead us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all of your wondrous gifts. We thank you for the gift of life and for each of our vocation. Father, you have called us from all eternity to a plan that you have had for our life, a plan that is is ours uniquely according to your will and purpose. And it is in that vocation and call that we are called to grow in holiness and draw closer to you and to one another. Father, we thank you for all of our vocations and how you lead us and guide us. So we place this radio time in your hands, asking you to, to be with us and to stir in the minds and the hearts of all of us so that we may hear a word from you that will bring us encouragement and hope. And all of this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Actually, anniversaries, I think, are a beautiful time to recognize and see where's God been working in my life, whether it's a marriage anniversary, ordination anniversary. We look at the different growths in our lives. We see, how is the Lord blessed? Where have been the difficult times? Where have been the joys and the sorrows? So ordained a priest 33 years ago in yeah, Marquette. Almost, yeah. Almost. Not quite. In June. June, in June, June 1st, right? Yeah. So we're, we're almost there. Uh, 17 years as bishop, you started in Marquette. Right. 17 years ago. And then appointed and then installed right. here. It's, it's, there's some different yeah, words there's, that yeah, are used, uh, this right? Is, this is, this is uh, some kind of weird things that the church does. <laughs> I think, you know, maybe you think it's weird. But you're appointed to be a bishop. And uh, when that appointment comes, that's sort of your official appointment date. And it's actually recognized by the church. In fact, the papal bull, as they call it, that I have hanging on my wall in, in my office at the pastoral center, by which uh, Pope Benedict appointed me the Archbishop of Portland, is dated January 29th, mm-hmm. because that was the day I was appointed to be the next Archbishop of Portland and Oregon. And in a certain sense, at that point, you kind of already are. Uh, the archbishop, although not formally installed as mm-hmm. the archbishop according to the liturgical rite, uh, and it's only after your installation 
that that you full, take full possession, if you will, of, of the leadership of the diocese. So I wasn't I wasn't actually installed as the Archbishop of Portland and Oregon uh, until April second, which providentially for me, because I have a great devotion to him, is the anniversary of the death of St. John Paul II. That's right, yes. Uh, and so it's a, it's a special day for me because I, I, just, I just love that saint. It's such an inspiration and influence on my own priestly vocation. So, yeah, so, so like between January 29th and April 2nd, I was in this kind of a, a little bit of a limbo period where I, okay, I, I sort of have been appointed the Archbishop of Portland, but I'm not yet fully installed and present and sort of on the job, as they say. Right, right. Now let's go back a little bit to you Portland Oregon what do I know about the <laughs> west coast you're you know in used to the snow in Michigan and then you're thinking wow could it be any further away yeah. and still stay in the United States yeah, I have and, to say you know it's funny because uh when I when I got the telephone call from the papal nuncio who at the time was Archbishop Vigano you know it's one of those things like you know you, you can't, can't ever forget that. where you were and what you were doing I still remember I had just finished a conversation with one of my staff. I asked him to close the door. He was, he was leaving my office. I turned to my computer. I started doing something on the computer. The phone rang. I looked, glanced over. It was the 202 area code, going. which every bishop knows is Washington, D.C. <laughs> and you're thinking, uh-oh, pick up the phone. It could be the it could be the bishop's conference office headquarters, somebody calling. But uh, there on the other end of the line is the papal nuncio. So I knew something was up. So, you know, we had a conversation, but then he eventually just told me that the Holy Father had appointed me to be the Archbishop of Portland. Well, uh, for some reason, I knew in my mind that Portland, Maine was open. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if the bishop had been moved or if he had retired. I don't remember, but somehow I I knew, you know, bishops tend to kind of know what dioceses are open and where there's a vacancy. And so I somehow I knew Maine was open. And so I thought, Portland, Maine, I said... Real quickly, I thought, why are they sending me from the Midwest all the way out to Maine? And then it dawned on me, no, he said Archdiocese of Portland. And I said, so I said, in Oregon? And he says, yes, yes, yes. And I said, oh. Well, then it was like, well, why would they be sending me all the way out to the West Coast, you know, from the Midwest? And and so, yeah, it was. It came as quite a shock, uh, to be honest. I, I, I was stunned. And of course, I, I accepted. Uh, I told him that I was very happy, very happy, as the Bishop of Marquette in Michigan. I was very, very happy. We had just launched some new initiatives in evangelization, actually, and I was excited about them. And I said, "But you know, I made that promise of obedience to the Holy Father, and so if that's is what He wants mm-hmm. me to do, then uh, I can't do anything but say yes." So I agreed. But I tell you something. I got off the phone. I immediately got up and went over to my bookshelf and pulled off the official Catholic directory, mm-hmm. which has all the stats and information on all the dioceses in the United States. And I flipped it open to the Archdiocese of Portland because I didn't know anything about Oregon, about the Archdiocese of Portland. I wanted to see, well, what is it? Where's, what's, what's this place? You know, And so I'm you know, looking at, well, how many priests do we have? How many religious are serving here? How many permanent deacons do we have? How many parishes? How many seminaries? Oh, wow, we got 42 seminarians. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, you know, looking at all the stats, university, oh, wow, a couple of universities and, you know, all this, how many baptisms, you know, so you're, you're just trying to learn. But I mean, really all I knew, I'd only been to Oregon once in my life. And it was when I was a young teenager. My dad took me fishing, actually, out mm-hmm. the mouth of the Columbia River out of Astoria. Mm-hmm. And it's the only other time I'd ever been in Oregon. And to me, Oregon, uh, what I had in my mind about Oregon was trees. 
(laughs) (laughs) I knew trees were in Oregon. And I have to confess, you know, Portland uh, had a little bit of a national reputation reputation for being, you know, a little out there uh, in some ways. But that was kind of all I knew about uh, about Oregon before before I came here. But and then I got on the website on the on the internet and started poking around there, and and so, yeah, it was it was it was it was actually kind of fun uh, learning, you know, about the the place that was going to become my new home, my new bride, if you will, mm-hmm. as 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 the bride of Christ, uh, as, as as the one who ministers here in the person of Christ, the the, the bridegroom. So, yeah, it was it was it was quite an adjustment yeah. from Upper Michigan in the Midwest in a very small rural diocese to this very big and complex place. Right, and I think one thing I think about that I associate with your installation here is this was the transition where we elected Pope Francis right. as the Holy Father. So we're all looking for when is the smoke going to come out of the yeah. Vatican to to recognize the new Holy Father. We also see, oh, we're going to get this new Archbishop yeah. here locally. So there was a lot of activity in the Catholic Church at this time of you coming. Initial thoughts was as you came, I remember you and Todd Cooper making a trip to Mater Dei Radio mm-hmm. early on as before you actually took the seat, but that you wanted to kind of scope around. Yeah, it was What's interesting because I, I came, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because b- both of my appointments as bishop uh, have, have come around uh, a change in the papacy because uh, when I was appointed bishop in Marquette, yeah. Uh, I was appointed by Pope Benedict XVI, but it was not long after Pope John Paul II had died, died, and they elected Pope Benedict. And in fact, the process to appoint me the Bishop of Marquette actually would have begun under uh, St. John Paul II and was completed under Benedict XVI. And then I was appointed here right. to, to to Portland, and three weeks after I was appointed, Pope Benedict announced his his, mm-hmm. his retirement. And, and so I was like, Wow. So anyway, but I remember we coming here. I came for the press conference mm-hmm. uh, when it was announced. It was announced uh, on, again on, on January 29th. So I came in the night before of Todd Cooper on staff here, still on one part of my staff. Picked me up at the airport, drove me to Archbishop Lasney's house there at the cathedral. And I mean, I was just so overwhelmed. I remember, I remember driving from the airport coming. It was dark. And I remember coming over the uh, Fremont Bridge. And there's a certain point where you're coming around and getting onto the bridge and you look over at the skyline of, of Portland at night. I remember thinking, holy smoke, this is a big city. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I came from little old Marquette, Michigan, you know, even though I'd grown up in Las Vegas, even, Vegas wasn't even that big when, when I lived there. But, you know, I mean, Marquette, mm-hmm. Michigan has about 30,000 people, you know, and, and uh, so I thought, wow, this is a big deal. And uh, but I remember, you know, we had the press conference here at the Pastoral Center, and uh, and then Todd Cooper drove me around. Actually, I was looking for a potential place for my mother to live. She ended up actually living, coming to live with me. But I was looking at some options for her in terms of maybe some uh, senior housing or assisted living. And so he was driving me all over town. And I remember visiting the two facilities we looked at, just sightseeing. We we went and visited. Uh, uh, the grotto. He mm-hmm. ma- wanted to make sure I saw the grotto, he, uh, and I met Father Jack mm-hmm. Topper there. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember he wasn't. He was a little under the weather. I remember too, and it was rainy. And he took me to his parish, uh, St. Rose, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I greeted uh, then Father Peter Smith, right, is uh, that who would the- later become my vicar general and auxiliary bishop. And would, <laughs> Father Bishop Peter was only one of two priests in the archdiocese that I knew before I came here. We had served on a committee together years before. 
Yeah, and then uh, yes, and then 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 we drove me on the campus of of the Childs to see the Child Center where I would be installed and to see the campus there. And he said he said you know uh, Catholic Radio is here, Modern Day Radio. It was of course I think then it was just uh, you know KBBM. KBBM. Mm-hmm. So we drove down there and and I kind of surprised everybody just by popping in at, at the radio station there. And of course they were all uh, happy to meet the new guy. So yeah, it was it was an exciting day. I remember uh, just being just so. I was I was excited. I was overwhelmed. I was happy. Uh, uh, yeah, there was a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, as you've gone through these years, your initial thoughts, and I've, you, you've talked about this before, you're not going to come in and just change things overnight, but you have thoughts, you have goals, you have how do we want to build the Catholic community? What were some of those initial thoughts and hopes for this archdiocese and for the people of this Western Oregon? Well, you know, my thoughts at the time were pretty much, you know, what has always been on my heart. I, I, I have to say, I didn't come in here with any sort of, what shall I say, any sort of major plan or with marching orders, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, nobody gave me marching orders, you know, and I think everybody thinks this, that sometimes when a bishop is appointed someplace, you know, that he's got special marching orders from the Pope or from whoever, you know, that's telling him this is what you need to do and focus on. No, nobody tells you that. You just have to learn the local church and you have to, you know, find your way. And, and But I can say that my goals and objectives in coming here were, were the same goals and objectives, quite honestly, that I had as the Bishop of Marquette and as a priest, but especially as bishop. And I, and I know this sounds sort of simple, but it's that simple. I really wanted uh, evangelization to be a big part of what we were going to do here together. I wanted people to come to know and love Jesus Christ. I really did. I, 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 I'm, I'm still growing in my own relationship with the Lord Jesus, but I really had on my heart, I want everybody to know Christ. And I want, and I knew I was coming into a part of the world of our country that was very unchurched, very secular. That came up in the press conference, actually, when I was announced on that January 29th that, that you know, this is a very unchurched area. How are you going to relate to that, I was asked. And I said, well, I see this as great fertile ground for the new evangelization. Because, you know, a lot of people here, they don't necessarily have a lot of baggage uh, from past experiences with religion, with the Catholic mm-hmm. Church or any other religion. And so they're kind of a little bit more of an open book. A blank slate, maybe, you know, to, to build on and, and to introduce them to Jesus. So I really wanted to bring people into an encounter with Christ. And this remains part of my playbook now. Part of my mm-hmm. strategy now is to bring people into an, in, a life-giving, transformative encounter with Jesus Christ and to really evangelize, to bring gospel to this part of the world in a deeper and, and stronger way. Um, so that was very much on my mind. I also... I remember in my homily at the Child Center when I was installed, I, I remember one of the themes, and it's funny because I, you know, I'd never looked at it again. Uh, and then a few, couple of years ago, I went back, and I don't know, it came up in my YouTube suggestions somewhere, and I said, "Oh, there's my installation mess. It's it's out there on YouTube." And so I said, "I wonder what I said <laughs> in my homily." <laughs> so I went back and I listened to my homily, and I, one of the themes I hit on was confidence. Mm. I, I wanted us as a Catholic community in Western Oregon to be confident in our faith, confident in our Lord, confident that we do possess something that the world needs, and not to be, not be afraid to witness to Christ, even in the face of opposition and ridicule and disagreement. Um, and I, I, not arrogance, I, I said mm-hmm. it, not, not, not an arrogance, 
but a confidence. We have the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the truth of our Catholic faith, and we shouldn't shy away from that. We need to proclaim the truth, you know, and, and you know, it's hard sometimes to do that, especially in, in a secular culture that we find ourselves in here. And, and, and you know, just with the recent document that, that uh, I have issued uh, with regard to gender identity theory, um, that, there's been some strong pushback on that. Uh, because when you proclaim the truth, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to receive opposition. You know, the world doesn't always want to hear the truth. So I knew that was going to be a challenge uh, in, in a very secular place uh, to try to navigate this in a prudent way. Uh, and I certainly did not want to come in like a bull in a china closet and change everything overnight. And, and I wanted to, to take time to learn, to, to listen. Now, I have to say, though, that, that said, I made a lot of mistakes early on, you know, and I really, really did. Um, I look back on some of the things I did, and, and I won't go into all detail on those things, but it's like, well, that was a really boneheaded thing to do. <laughs> uh, you know, that didn't, that didn't, you know, help you at all. Uh, so, yeah, it's like any of us can do. We can look back over our life and say, well, I would do that differently. I would do that, but I certainly wouldn't do that, and instead I would do that. Yeah, I wish I could in, in some ways rewind and, and, and start over again because I think uh, the, early, the early days and years uh, might have gone a little bit smoother for me. Uh, but I learned. I, try, I hope to try to learn from those things and, and, and move on and, and uh, try to do better. Right. And that's all of us. Uh, you're human. And so, again, in all of our vocations, we learn, how does this work? H- how do we work? And we're, we're dealing with other humans. It's, it is amazing to see in marriages, in the priesthood, and religious life. I, I, I listen to the sisters in religious community. Boy, there can be some challenges. And you think, oh, that should be the most peaceful place to be. But even in a monastery or in a convent, there can be conflict. There can be difficulty. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you hit upon that. It's very important to re- recognize the humanity. Mm-hmm. Of, of a bishop or a priest or a, anybody, you know, we're, we're all humans, you know, bishops, <laughs> I like to say sometimes, you know, bishops are people too. Right. Uh, we're human. I'm human. I make mistakes and I, I sometimes, you know, misjudge things. I, 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 one of the biggest challenges as a bishop today, I think is, is the difficulty it seems that some people have in, in sort of giving a guy some slack. Yes, we should be held to a high standard. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not diminishing that. But there also has to be a recognition that that we're human beings, mm-hmm. and uh, I try to do the best I can to listen to other people, to take good counsel, to investigate, to think about things, pray about things. One of the things that gives me great confidence, quite honestly, is that uh, with all of my faults and failings and weaknesses and sins, I know myself about one. I know one thing about myself. I am a man of prayer. And I dedicate mm-hmm. serious time every morning. I rise pretty early. And I spend serious time in prayer every morning before the Blessed Sacrament. And a lot of that is just heart-to-heart conversations with the Lord. And sometimes I just ask the Lord, Lord, please help me from making any <laughs> big mistakes, uh, especially when I'm having to discern some difficult things. I, I know some people are still upset with me and some of the decisions that, that I had to make during the whole pandemic. Uh, but I literally would be on my knees in my mm-hmm. chapel in the morning praying, Lord, guide me, give me your spirit, show me the way, help me not to make mistakes, help me not to hurt people. You know, I really was praying to that. So, yes, I, I make mistakes. Yes, I, I make misjudgments because I'm human. 
but uh, with God's help, I, I, I try to do the best I can. I know my heart is, is well motivated. I, I know that about myself. I got a lot of wounds. Uh, there's a lot of healing yet going on in me, uh, and I'm trying to grow in my, in my life and ministry as a bishop. And my, my focus now is on trying to be a good spiritual father. Uh, to all of my people, in a special way, my priests, and, and I'm making some changes there. And again, that's where I have a lot of regrets, to be honest, about my early days here um, and how I could have done some things differently. But I was in a different place mm-hmm. 10 years ago than I am now. You know, yeah. we all grow, you know, and, and I, what, I, what I would hope that we can just, and this is for each, all of us, for each other, that we can give our, each other some space, mm-hmm. some space to grow, some understanding, uh, some patience, uh, some kindness, you know, and, and, and uh, love for, for one another. Um, you know, a bishop in the church, we're not an elected official. You know, I'm not the governor. I'm not the mayor. I'm not a senator or a congressperson. You know, I'm, I'm one that, that I believe the Holy Spirit through the church is placed here as a, a, to be a spiritual father, shepherd, and pastor. And uh, yeah, so I, I think sometimes... We, we, we treat our priests uh, like governors and mayors, and we can be very critical because you didn't do it right. You didn't do it my way, or, or you messed up there, or you know, you're a failure here. Well, yeah, I'm a failure in, in a lot of things because I'm human. Uh, uh, but I think love, it all comes down to love, mm-hmm. uh, to have love for one another. That's what Jesus said, right? Love one another. That is absolutely it. And as we prepare for, you know, Easter, and again, the gift of the Holy Spirit, this is allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us in those times where we're struggling and having difficulty. You know, as we look at this 10 years of um, being here serving again as our spiritual father, Archbishop, what have you recognized as the strengths of our Catholic oh. community? You know, there are just a, it's a beautiful Catholic community it here is. in Western Oregon. It is. And I have to tell you, I am so proud. <laughs> if I can take pride, I mean, in a certain sense, well, you what, can what, be what, proud. Well, it's yes. like, well, what do I have to be proud about? You know, I didn't, I didn't do any <laughs> to form these people the way they are. I am so proud to be the spiritual father, pastor, shepherd of, of this flock in Western Oregon. I could not be prouder of, of, of our people. You know, I think in, in, in many ways, I mean, yeah, we've, they, we're a very diverse flock. That's one of the things I've learned. This is a very diverse flock. And we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the, the, the urban-rural uh, divide. There's the left-right divide. There's the cultural divides. There's, uh, you know, all sorts of, of things that could divide us. And, yeah, we're very diverse. And uh, that's one of my themes, too, that uh, going back to what I said earlier about one of the things that was on my heart when I came here and has always been on my heart is unity, communion. I, I try to hit this theme as much as I can that we have to be one. We have to be united. We can't be divided against each other. We've got to stop fighting with each other and, 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 and having enemies among us. We've got to unite ourselves for the sake of the gospel. We could, we could, I've said this many times before. We could change Western Oregon radically and irreve- irrevocably if we would just come together in communion with one another and, and march forward with the work of evangelization. But this is a rich, rich, diverse flock. Um, and I think part of, the, there's a real strength here among the people, the Catholic people. And this is what I've experienced. There's some, you know, the, 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 the Catholic community here, a good portion of the Catholic community is very hardcore, if I can put it that way. And I think it's because we've been tried in the mm-hmm. furnace here of, of the secular culture in which we find ourselves. You know, we're, we're kind of the minority. 
we're very much a minority. Uh, we sometimes get criticized, and we've been through we've been through a lot. And God bless my beloved predecessor, Archbishop Blasney, for leading this local church through that horrible time of the bankruptcy. And I will be forever grateful to him, so that I could come along, and and sort of just not have to deal with that and, and try to build from where he he left things. So I think that was a hardening thing for us. I think just being in the secular culture. Uh, has has made us strong in our faith because we have to be strong. We have to support each other. So I see people coming together a lot. I think the rich cultural diversity that we have here is one of our greatest treasures. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know whether it be the Hispanic community, the Anglo community, the Vietnamese community, the the uh, Filipino community, the, in, the Micronesian community, the Indonesian community, the Polish community, the uh, you name it, the Mayan mm-hmm. community. I mean, the Korean community. I, 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 I'm going to get in trouble because I'm going to leave somebody out there, but. We're just such a rich, diverse mm-hmm. church, and I think that's you know that's the beauty in, in that diversity is a richness and a joy and a peace and a love that that uh, I think we need to celebrate and not see ourselves as individual divided churches and communities, mm-hmm. but one community of faith that has this rich diversity as as, as the body of Christ, and and that's I I just I I I, I can honestly say that I I really have have come to very much this people has become very dear to me. Uh, and, and I love them uh, tremendously. And uh, I'm challenged sometimes by them. And yes, like any good spiritual father, sometimes I get frustrated uh, and upset with, with uh, you know, some of the children. But I, I, I love all. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm here for the long haul. So uh, I got uh, 13 more years or so before I, I write my letter to the Pope uh, telling that I'm ready to step aside. So uh, buckle up. I, I think we've got a lot of good that we can do together as the body of Christ, uh, bishops, priests, mm-hmm. re- deacons, religious lady, uh, together for, yeah. for the sake of the glory of God and, and the salvation of souls. And we have much good news to share. So Amen. let's be confident. That's let's right. be confident in that good news. And on that great note, Archbishop, would you please help yes. us close with your blessing? Yes. And through the intercession of the patroness of our great archdiocese, the Blessed Virgin Mary Immaculately Conceived, May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, your parishes and communities, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you all for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MatraDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.